You're listening to The Comedy Cellar, live from the table on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. everybody welcome to the comedy solo show here on Sirius XM channel 99 the comedy channel we're here as always with uh, my my partner mr. Dan Natterman hello Daniel you typically don't introduce me as partner but uh, you but okay how do you do he's being obtuse <laughs> and miss uh, um, <laughs> Periel Ashenbrand it doesn't sound right it, it just uh, I, I was gonna say Ashenbrand is it's every Week. Uh, Periel Ashenbrand, who is our, yeah. uh, what is your title? Your, your, our producer? I, I I'll tell you that. what her title is not, on-air personality. <laughs> 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 and uh, we have two guests. Uh, Erica Rhodes got her start at age of 10 on A Prairie Home Companion. She's also been on Bring, on the, F- Bring the Funny on NBC, Modern Family, Veep, and At Midnight. Her recent album, Sad Lemon, made number one on iTunes. Wow. How come I don't know you? Uh, now you do. Oh, I didn't know her either, Noam, but I've been talking with her for the past several minutes, and I find her quite interesting. <laughs> da, 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 da. And our kind of like guest of honor, Megan Daum. Megan Daum is... Dom. Da- Dom? Yeah, Dom. and you know what's so... Megan is such a common uh, mistake, because the last name ends with an M, so they go Megan, even though that's not even a name. Yeah, it was so just a mispronunciation. No, it wasn't, I know, yeah. but it's interesting, actually. Uh, Sorry. So take two. Okay. Megan... How do you, Dom? <laughs> yes, Dom. Can, yes. But I, you know, I, I'm swear I heard other people mispronounce it on uh, on. There's actually alternate pronunciations. We oh. can talk about it, but it's not that interesting. Okay. Megan Dom is the author of six books. If Periel had been on oh, time, we would have gone over six. the pronunciation. Megan Dom is the author of six books. Most recently, the problem with everything: my journey through the new culture wars. That that's obtuse. That's obtuse? In, in that it's very wide, like a wide, uh, more Wait, than 180 degree. Wait, obtuse can be wide? Well, no. more, than 100, more than 90 degree angle is obtuse, right? So that's a very wide. Oh, an obtuse angle. Yeah, but I don't, think, yeah, uh, yeah. So I don't a, think the word is used that way okay. in non-geometric context. But I think it could be. Yeah. It needs to be inclusive. Uh, her, her angle, her, what's your angle on things? Oh, I have an obtuse angle I, on I, things. I, I didn't a, get past it's ninth wide. grade oh, geometry. Okay. She's a Los Angeles Times opinion columnist. Uh, from. She was a Los Angeles Times opinion columnist from 2005 to 2016. She has written for numerous magazines, including The New Yorker, The New York Times, The Atlantic, and Vogue magazine. Welcome, Megan. Okay, now Dan prepared a lot of questions for you, Well, Megan. I prepared a list of topics. Uh, but I have one question first. What is the problem with everything? Oh. <laughs> That's an obtuse question. Break? They're so, so it is in the eye of the beholder. The problem with everything is... To me, it's really like the thing that we think about, like the thing that you, you're walking down the street at all times are sort of chewing on, like, what's wrong with the world? What's wrong with me? Why do I feel disconnected? Like, why is everyone so irritating? That, those sets of questions are the problem with everything. The problem with everything is the thing that you, like, talk about with your best friend or your partner or your conversational ally at all times. That's one version of the problem with everything. The other thing is just like everything's problematic. Everything's that's, that's problematic. The, uh, that's the in like a alternate. in like a cancel that's culture the, type. Yeah. Uh, Why don't yeah. we zoom in a little bit? Go ahead, though. Dan. You, you want to go first? 
Well, let her, let her have it, Dan. Well, first of all, I, I, I mean, this happened this week, which I think I'm, I'm quite certain Megan has an opinion on. Yeah. Is that Kamala Harris dropped out of the race for the, uh, yeah. you know, Democratic. Just yesterday, uh, right? Well, or day before? Or? Why would she have an opinion on that? Because people are, because the only people left in the debate in December are, as of now, white folk. Oh. And so I labeled this talking point, and may all your candidates be white. Is Cory Booker way. out of the? Is he not? In He's, the not debate? He's not qualified for the qualified debate. For the debate. So people are making an issue of this. Some right. people. Cory Booker didn't qualify for the debate. I didn't realize uh, that. Uh, no, as of now. Okay. So people are making an issue of this, saying, "Well, uh, this is this is." Uh, is it what's be. your name? Two per- percent something else. Tulsi's not in the debate. Well, Elizabeth Warren. No, Elizabeth Warren oh. isn't she's she a, like Native, Native American? Yeah, she's, she's being included like as point two. <laughs> she's being included as white for purposes something. of uh, for purposes of the out- current outrage. She's being right. classified as white. Okay, that's fair enough. What do I think of Kamala Harris dropping what, out? What do you think of this? What do you think of an all-white uh, group of candidates? In the Democratic debate, well, is this, as Lauren Duca said, uh, a sign of white supremacy? Oh, um, I, whatever Lord, Lauren Duca says, I, uh, I second. You disagree and with, and then, uh, and then I cancel. <laughs> um, you know, uh, I hadn't. I mean, is it? I guess I'm a white supremacist because I hadn't actually thought about that. I, Kamala dropped out, and I, I actually liked her. I was sorry that she started, uh, she started virtue signaling and sort of like. They can't talk, help talking themselves. about her pronouns, and I, I think that's what uh, brought her down, um, and it's going to bring down Elizabeth Warren and anyone else. So, but I look, I'm from California. I, I, I liked Kamala. Is there? Do you think that you that that a country that is diverse in its population needs a diverse group of people representing it in in Congress and in the White House? Well, the problem um, the problem. This is the problem. One of the problems is that we have this idea that identity equals ideology, right? So if you are a person of color, if you are gay, if you are trans, whatever, um, we assume that like a set of values comes with that. So, so I, you know, we need to have uh, people representing us that that have similar values to the rest of the country, and whether or not that uh, has to do with their with their immutable traits. Uh, is a separate question. I mean, P- Pete Buttigieg is a pretty good example of this. Like, he's like the whitest possible guy, and he happens to be gay, so that gives him like a little little edge. And a very good pianist. Yeah, that's important. Yeah, is we, he a good we, pianist? <laughs> yeah, he can play rap. Well, this, 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 this brings us really to well. the next talking point: is that you're at, you wrote an essay called "Nuance: A Love Story." Yeah. And you decry the lack of nuance. That's what the whole book is about, too. Yes. In, in certain issues, issues, by the way, that we discuss on this show I'm quite sure, frequently, yes. gun, gun control, immigration, and the wage gap are all issues we've discussed on this oh. show, and all issues which you feel are not allowed right. a nuanced take. Well, you probably noticed this, right? This started happening around 2015. I mean, how far back do you date this? I, I feel like around 2015, I started seeing on Twitter, on social media, like there was no uh, leeway, like people who had been pretty pretty smart people I knew, critical thinkers, like media professionals, had always uh, had a pretty, you know, ability to be sort of heterodox in their thinking. Suddenly there was like one lane, like you were super, the, the word woke wasn't even being used at that time, but, you know, there was kind of one way of talking about anything that had to do with gender or race, and uh, there was no, um, there, there, was, there was less and less room to ask questions. So, for instance, you brought up the gender wage gap, so if you started to say, well, like, you know, there is a gender wage gap. Yes, that's true. 
but what are the reasons? Is it because women are paid less because there's a conspiracy against them, or is it because they make certain choices? You know, even you start to go down that uh, route, and suddenly people were like, oh no, you're an internalized misogynist, you're sexist for even asking those things. And uh, that sort of stuck in my craw. And as a person who has like, been an opinion haver and writer for you know, 20 years at that point, I felt really kind of hamstrung, well, and it was can, troubling. Can I, what, what I've seen in the last ten, five to 10 years is two things happening at once. And I, I think you've touched on some of these things. First of all, being liberal went from kind of pushing in the direction of live and let live and, and not judging others to really being an agenda of policing others, yeah. policing other people's What thought, the right used to do. What, what the right used yeah. to do. Yep. And at the same time, uh, the, this was my wife, at the, at the same time, like the highest intellectual circles have found a way to cut the tether from facts and empirical an analysis. So like just recently. Like the right used to do. Like the right used to do. So just, you probably found like there was this Gordon Woods, is that his name, this historian who just kind of just eviscerated the 1619 oh, project yeah, in, in a socialist website a, a couple days Jacobin. ago. Was, was it in Jacobin? I and I, w, no, World Socialist Magazine, oh, okay. something like okay. that. And then, yeah, so then this, uh, this woman, um, Nicole Hannah-Jones, Nick, Nick, Nikki, Nicole Hannah Jones. Nicole yeah, Hannah Jones. At the New York Times. Yeah. So, what does she tweet back? I mean, if you read the and if you read this um, takedown of the 1619 Project, it's really learned and devastating, right? Learned. Her, learned. It's, it's not like obtuse. It's learned. not obtuse. I heard it's learned. I I know it is, but I heard learned. Wasn't that an learned. actress, Michael Learned? from uh, Nurse? Uh, anyway. Remember the actress? She was a woman named. Her first name was Michael, and her last name was Learned. No, I That's how old I am. Maybe I was saying learned, learned, learned hand, learned hand. The, uh, the, the, I'm the, saying the, I heard learned out of your mouth. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay, but it was fine. a learned takedown. So the learned, the learned takedown, and um, this was her answer. Now, this is uh, this is a the woman who spearheaded the the uh, uh, 69 project. The New York Times. Just because not all of our listeners might be up on this, 1619 was a project wherein it was asserted that. Uh, Fill in the blank. Well, there were a whole bunch of stories. Uh, so, it was so, a, let me just well, yeah, don't, don't might, might you want to give some background to the <laughs> listeners who may not be familiar with the 1619 Project? Yes, yeah, 1619 Project was a series of essays in the Times, which uh, was going to recast um, the history of America, essentially uh, to explain that uh, uh, everything we we are is a result of uh, our original sin of slavery, and that American history, I guess, starts not in 1776. But in 1619, which was uh, when the first uh, African-Americans were slaves here. So, right. So, good uh, summary. Thank you. So her answer was, LOL, right, because white historians have produced truly objective history. So, so and this, and you, you rolled your eyes, and rightfully so. And you see this over and over again. So that um, the idea now is that you can just dismiss anybody's arguments based on the, the color of the skin that it comes out of. And you don't even have to be embarrassed. And so I'll, and I'm, I'm, you're the guest. So I want to hear something. But, but I just to put them all together. What I find astounding about where this has gone is that once you start criticizing people, dismissing people for the color of their skin or attributing characters, characteristics based on the color of their skin, which we see all around us Or to us any now. immutable trait, right? Immu yes. Uh, you have two options. You have two possible uh, realities. One could be um, 
you people are, white people actually do have these qualities based on color of their skin, but no other group does have in, in, uh, characteristics we can comment. Or you have your characteristics, therefore I must have my characteristics. And, and if I can talk about yours, then logically you can talk about mine. And uh, that's just simple logic, right? Like my daughter, my seven-year-old daughter could understand that logic. Yet the smartest people in the world, to, so this is kind of what your book yeah, is touching on yeah. all these trends. Yeah. So go ahead. Well, comment on all okay. that. Like, I mean, how do we, we get can talk. I mean, we can this? have the sort of like a uh, boring version of this where we talk about this notion of intersectionality, which is is what the, the framework of intersectional thinking is is what this is addressing, right? So, like, if you, you we need to view everything uh, through a lens of oppression. So, if you are not white, you're going to have disadvantages that a white person couldn't possibly understand, and there are interlocking uh, layers of of privilege and oppression. But, you know, to me, like, the more interesting way of looking at this, and I talk about this a lot in the book, particularly in relation to, to gender, it's like this whole punching up versus punching down thing, right? Like, we're in a comedy club, so right. I, I, it might be useful to talk about it that way. You know, the the the, uh, the principle is that you you cannot make fun of somebody who has less power than you. Like, it's not cool. Like, so, you know, you can make fun of a politician or somebody who's wealthy or a celebrity or whatever, so you can punch up that you can't punch down. So this notion has been now translated into like the whole cultural conversation. And so on social media, which is basically where everything takes place, like the whole culture is metabolized through Twitter, essentially at this point, you can, uh, you can, it's okay to, uh, you know, make fun of white people because you are punching up. It's okay if you're a woman to make fun of men because you're punching up. Now, to me, that's really messed up because you are then assuming that this person has power that they may or may not have. Like, to me, like, I saw these women, my book starts off talking about how, you know, a couple of years ago, I noticed all these women were talking about toxic masculinity and mansplaining and manspreading and all of this. And it was really, like, if offensive to me as, like, a self-possessed woman because I thought... You know, you're by by doing that, you're just basically announcing that these men are more powerful than you are. You're handing them power that they don't necessarily have, and so that's the real flaw in in this premise of, of well, intersectionality I, I, and punch Eric. Punch I, I think, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. I, I think it's even worse than that. Um, and to, by, by the way, and and she also said just to to put this all together, she also said about. Uh, Nicole Hannah Jones also answered the 1619 Project explicitly denies objectivity. So they're wearing this as a badge, like, yeah, we're going to do history. We don't intend to be objective. So what does that mean? Right. Well, I mean, you could make the argument that nothing is objective. Like, you, that's a rabbit hole, right? I well, mean, we're no, all, everyone's brain is... But yeah. look what's happened here. They, we have all these lessons that we've learned about uh, in science, about bias, and that's why we have double-blind experiments in, in, in you know, other, other areas of science, because we know that the closer you are to something the less likely your judgment is. And now we reverse it to say, no, no, no. We only want to hear from the people who might be so emotionally close to this that they have no objectivity. Right. Right. And that people who might be disinterested, their, their opinions are, are worthless, but, but it makes no sense. And, uh, you know, an intersectionality is just racism. Yes, there is a different effect when you punch up. It's hard to hurt. Like you can punch up a Mayor Michael Bloomberg all you want, and it doesn't affect him. But that doesn't change the fact that what you might be saying about his whiteness is foul and immoral and um, and anti-intellectual and and wrong. And to to 
says like just because I just because I can we've talked about this before just because I can do this because it won't hurt you doesn't mean I should give myself license to do it because it's still well, wrong. Martin it, Luther King didn't give himself that's right. license I mean, to it, do it that. It belittles yourself. Yeah. I just think it, it diminishes yourself. Er- Erica Rhodes, you know, right. I saw a little bit of your stand-up. Not much. I'm not familiar with I hadn't been familiar with you. Oh. But I didn't. from what little I saw, I, I see that you punch mainly yourself. Yeah, you that's other. the best way. Well, I was thinking, I was going to say, that's pretty much the only thing you can do at this point is punch yourself. You know, that's the safest bet is you can either, yeah, you can punch up, but you could also just keep punching yourself like the sad clown you are. As a preventative. Yeah, I mean, that's what, honestly, that's what was so brilliant about Gary Goldman's special. Here he is, this strong white male guy. Have you, did you guys watch his special? His strong white guy. It's like, what is he going to talk about that's a struggle? Well, he found, you know, his depression, his internal turmoil and he talks about that, and he and it's all very personal stuff. And it's like, okay, you can't take that away from him. You can't be like, what does he have to complain about? Because that's a legit, you know, struggle he has. But my problem is also, I mean, I totally agree with Megan with what you're saying. Because even as a woman, sometimes I feel I'm not enough of a feminist. I'm not saying enough, you know, pro-women things. You're not in lockstep with Yeah, them. and I and sometimes I get from other female comics where they're like, well, you can't say that, you know? Well, oh, what what, what jokes you, do you have that you that they say you cannot say? Well, no one's told me. I've tweeted things before. So one, so remember during the Oscars when it was a lot of pro-women stuff? And all I, I tweeted something that was like, I have a prediction that someone will say something about being a woman. That was all I wrote. You got in <laughs> trouble for that? Some, yeah, a, a female comic said, wrote to me and said, well, what would be the problem with that? <laughs> and I said, nothing. It's just a prediction. Like, I'm not, I, I'm not saying anything else. But even that was like, uh-oh, you know, the police are out. I can't well, let me say that. Let me tell you wh- who you're sitting next to, how brave this woman is. Let me read yeah. something from her book. Yeah, this is the nicest interview I've oh. had. You know I'm getting completely beat up, so I'm, I'm, oh, very, well, you're, I'm you're, very relaxed here. You are among here. friends here. But, I know. But listen to what she wrote here. Raise your hand if you've ever behaved badly and blamed it on your period. Raise your hand if you've ever acted helpless in the face of an unpleasant, if not physically demanding task like dealing with a wild animal that's gotten into the house. Raise your hand if you've ever coerced a man into sex even though he didn't seem to really want it. Raise your hand if you've thought you were at liberty to do do this coercing because men, quote, always want it and should feel lucky anytime they get it. Raise your hand if you've ever threatened to harm yourself if a man breaks up with you or doesn't want to see you anymore. Raise your hand if you've been physically abusive with a male partner, knowing you'd be unlikely to face any legal consequences. Almost done. Raise your hand if you lied about being on birth control or faked a pregnancy scared to see how a man would respond. Raise your hand if you've ever manipulated a divorce or child custody dispute in your favor by falsely insinuating that a man has been abusive towards you or your child. Wow. Yeah, I mean, what got nobody into you? here. <laughs> no, but here's the thing that's so brilliant about that is it's just saying women can do horrible things too. That's right. Like, and if you're going to say that only men can do horrible things, that's taking away some well, of our it's power. Sexist. Actually. It's also yeah, sexist. And it's sexist. Yeah, so this. But, but so you got it also. Let, let her answer. Let her answer. Oh, yeah. no, I will. I would just, as a setup, so this is a section where I talk about toxic femininity. If we're going to talk about toxic masculinity, we have to talk about toxic femininity. And I, I'm not saying, obviously, every single woman is not going to raise her hand. I probably raise my hand for one of those things. Um, and I, but I say, you know, I think if, if you had like 
you know, a football stadium, uh, you know, if, if you know, 75,000 women were packed into a stadium, many, many, many hands would go up. And yeah, that section makes people really, really angry. And uh, I, I just, I, now that there are women that I know, not maybe not directly, but you know, certainly second or third hand that have done all of those things. But that, that being said, though, when it comes to the really the most dastardly of crimes, the men certainly are well in well ahead of the women. Well, when well, it comes to genocidal, uh, you know. Um, Actually, there was well, just a study been... that said female heads of state actually cause more, uh, more wars. I think I sent it to Perry. Yeah, she's That's... not. But but to interject, <laughs> she's not. She's not covering that topic. She's covering manipulation. But to I me, also it seems think... like you're covering manipulation. Yeah, I mean, of I'm, the and I'm talking. Yeah, and I'm sex. and I'm. You know, I say obviously, like if you know, women tend to be smaller and weaker than men. There's a physical discrepancy. So let's not d diminish that. But I think that you know, we really let women off the hook in a lot of ways. And to do that is really infantilizing and, in fact, sexist. Well, isn't that what feminism, in, in, to my mind, feminism has gone, as, as, uh, as, has regressed in a certain sense. Yeah. Because more than ever, the, the subtext of, of feminism that I hear is that women need special protection. Right. And that's the opposite of what we were doing in the 70s, right? I don't right? think and, that's and, what feminism well, means. Well, let me tell you why. It used to be, like... That only cases of coercion, whether it was physical or professional, where either the man coerced because he was stronger or because he had some power power over her, that was where we drew the line at what was just totally unacceptable. Now, it's any time a man comes on, it might be unacceptable. I mean, just to, you know, it reminds me of like a, a, a cancer surgery and all the healthy tissue you cut out. I'm sure all of us know many couples that met at work. Many, numerous. Oh. I met my wife at work. It's like the most common place oh, to Oh, that made it, you mean like assaulting them and then it works out? What, what do you, what do no, you no, mean? No, no, what I'm saying, no, you know that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> what I'm saying is that, and now we're saying, no, no, this is all off limits now. There shall be no, because we know that some men have, uh, have behaved badly, rather than trying to fix that, we're saying, no, anytime a man in the workplace wants to go out with a, a, a woman that he meets. Anytime a boss wants to, it's off limits and it's wrong. I don't know, say, I don't know that anybody's that? going quite the, as far oh, as to say it that. It absolutely is. Insurance yeah. companies warn, warn us now up yeah. and down. You, can't, you, ha you cannot allow employees to date each other no, I mean, it was like that when I was in getting my master's degree and I was teaching. It was like that. You weren't allowed. No professors or assistant professors. You were not allowed to fraternize with but, students. But, I mean, that's like a power. Oh, but, with, but even uh, in workplace, like if there's any sort of power... You know, if there's any sort of hierarchy, it's look. This stuff is really complicated. I mean, it's easy. I, I'm with you, but it's also like it's easy to slip into talking about this in big generalizations. Like, I think at the end of the day, we've been at this for such little time. Like, when you think about it, men and women have been working together on anything resembling an even playing field for like 50 years. I mean, the birth control pill has only been around for 60 years. Mm. Okay, that is like a nanosecond. So until then. There was never any, uh, you know, it was assumed that women were not going to work outside of the home. It was assumed that men were going to, 
you know, support everybody. Men were dying in wars. Women were dying on childbirth. Like, you know, it's very, very recent that we've right. even had the had the pretense of equality. So I think we just, it's going to take a while to, like, sort it all out. So let's leave, but, let's leave the complicated workplace out of it for yeah. a second, even though I think it's ridiculous to think that people are going to stop meeting each other or falling in love with each other when they're working together every day. Yeah, of day. course this just, you're just, right about that. But let's take, but, let's take like, examples that we've talked about almost ad nauseum on this show. Aziz Ansari. Well, th- there's th- an interesting point about that over there, which is that, I mean, I, I don't know if I would be considered an older female or Whatever. a younger female or in the middle. Older. But, young. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I, young. And I thank you. I don't know. I'm 44. I don't know older. what. <laughs> how old young, are you? You're younger than me. How, how old are you? I'm, I'm an older man. I'm okay. 57. Uh, Go ahead. Um, but I, and I don't know exactly what happened because in that story, but from in every, which story in the Aziz story, in the Aziz Ansari story. But as I've understood it, it just sounded like a shitty date, right? Oh, you're older than you're an older feminist. No, this that's your interpretation. No, this is what I'm saying. I want to know what Erica thinks. There was well, no, but, wait, there was, but I just want to finish because what you said about what feminism is, like, I, I don't think that that's true. I think that feminism is like the the notion that like women should be treated equally. But let me tell you why. Let me tell you why I think it's protective. So the story, as far as I read the story, there was never any. You're talking about the Aziz story. Aziz story, and then I'm going to go to the loser. There was never any accusation whatsoever of any kind of physical coercion. She never felt she wasn't free to leave with her. If you reverse the characters in that story, and a man were to have the nerve to write that very same column about, everybody would laugh at him. So what's the difference? The difference is can only be no. We're more protective of women, even though she was free to leave it. We still now. No, I don't that's, think that that's, that's right. It's a chivalry in well, a way. Well, a lot so, of younger so, women, they were absolutely saying that. There was a huge generational yeah. divide over that, that story. That, that's true, but I don't think it's because we're more protective of women. But I, I think that that is much more well, let me lined this, up let me with add the, the Louis culture. Thing. Perry, but, let me add I mean, a, I don't me, think you can talk about those oh, things I'm, as the same. Let me add the Louis thing. So you have a Louis there with two uh, female comedians in Montreal. They don't work for him. You know, it was Aspen. What's that? In Aspen, yeah. And they hang out till four in the morning until the bars close. Then they go back to his room to smoke a joint, and he asks, can I masturbate? And um, they, they never say anything. He never blocked the door. This came out, the, even though the reporter in the New York Times didn't write it, she told us he never blocked the door. They never were, were, were um, held back, held in any way. And this gross thing happened. Again, if this had been reversed, and if, and if uh, you started masturbating in front of me in a hotel room, is there any chance that your career would ever be, that you'd be canceled for that? No, because, the, the, and the only way to explain it is that we're not treating men and women as the same. Well, yeah, and, I, and, I, and, and you hit the nail on the head. Yes, we shouldn't treat them the same. We shouldn't treat people the same when there are differences to justify that. So if a woman is weaker... Yes, then it's if not. There's a physical altercation. Yeah, yes. or or if someone's in a position of power, but feminism always to me always meant that absent that, you're all equals in the room, and what's good for the goose is good for the gander, and you have agency, leave or don't leave. We right. are treating all Me Too allegations the same, though. Well, all we're the not, Me Too. Cult, I know, depends. I know, but I'm saying in in public opinion and in the work and and like how how the fallout has all been almost the same. 
Well, see, here, actually, I want to ask you about the Louis thing because my understanding was that it wasn't just that this thing happened, but then later these women were threatened or somehow their their, their long-term career, that there was some sort of impact because they, if they came forward, they would be... Well, they, it, I, I, so I don't yeah, know, like, maybe you there, can explain there that. There is this accusation that's gone around that the, the manager, Dave Becky, uh, in some way threatened their career. Uh, I have not been able to find any evidence of that and I, we interviewed Melina Rizik, who wrote the New York Times story, and we pressed her very hard on it, and she had no evidence of it. She asked Becky, did you threaten them or something? And then when I asked her, well, where did you get that concept of threatening? Did, did somebody tell you that he threatened them, or you just introduced that in the question? And she kind of ducked the question. You can listen to this podcast. She came, the reporter came on this podcast? Yeah. Oh, wow. And, and the most interesting thing that came out of that interview I had with her, just for people to know, is I because the original Gawker.com story had said that Louis blocked the door, and that would have been quite serious. So I asked her, right. did you ask the ladies if Louis blocked the door? She said, yes, I did. I said, did he block the door? She said, no. I said, why didn't you write that in a story? She said, I didn't think it was relevant. This is, this is, I have this, she said, I didn't think, I said, how could you not think you were there? How can you not think it was relevant? I mean, this is what he's accused of. She didn't think it was relevant. How old is she? The reporter? Yeah. Big, in, roughly. I think she's of a certain age. I'm not sure. Like she's not a millennial. She's older. Well, she's a bit older. Yeah. Probably a little bit. But I, I want to talk She's to very, very, talk. very smart. Like I really, oh, even course. though I'm kind of criticizing her, I'm, I am criticizing her. I really like her and she's very, very smart. But she just represents what a lot of journalists are today. She had an agenda, in my opinion. I mean, but again, but I, I ask because, you know, it really speaks to this, uh, there's such a different perception. It's like if you're an older woman, it's like, okay, well, if you can physically run out of the place and call yourself a cab, then you're safe. And, and you know, I would be curious, like, Erica, like, well, one of your I, friends, I, I, they I, say, well, I feel threatened and I feel uncomfortable and therefore discomfort I, is tantamount I to danger. I just say that I handpicked Erica because I knew <laughs> yeah, that uh -oh. you, you, um, <laughs> you, you, you make a lot about this generational divide that old, older women... Gen Xers uh, are more about being tough, and that the millennials are more about being protected. Or so fair, I, fair, fair, fair. I, I handpicked from among the women that are working here tonight a millennial. <laughs> barely, a barely millennial. <clears throat> she, but she's barely a millennial. But yeah. she's also a comic, and comics yeah, are yeah. not like everybody else. But I'm also uh, I'm weird because I'm not, I am very not into identity anything like I'm an individualist so I think every situation should be judged as that situation is so how you does know? that go I with just, your friends and your peers do you get in arguments well, I just don't talk a lot <laughs> I know I mean no I mean the people that I, I keep close to I can say my opinions but sometimes I yeah I feel I really feel like every situation is different yeah. and it shouldn't depend on whether it's a man or a woman it's I'm just really into whoever that person is and judge them by their actions not by what their identity is and this is. used to be this is like what martin luther king talked about this is what barack obama talked about and he's been canceled now or he's on the but, verge yeah. of cancellation but man i was curious um i i agree that there is a divide among those that that f that feel one way and those that among the woke yeah. crowd and, and among, and the, and among the, no, yeah. the more nuanced crowd, you make it a generational thing. And I was wondering how you, I just see it as a division that crosses generations. Yeah, I don't think uh, it's so much gener generational as much as just 
your own thinking, your, the way you think, you know, like whether you truly believe in, in freedom of think of thought. Well, like, yeah, I mean, it is generational in so far as we see on college campuses. Like, oh, ki- yeah. you know, there are students who really, really just seem to be hardwired to think that if somebody is going to uh, make a speech, give a lecture at their college and they're representing a point of view that they're not comfortable with, that equals violence. Like that is. They feel can I, give, can I give you an example? I mean, we had a, a reporter. I wish I could remember. I'm so bad at remembering names now. We had a reporter here from Teen Vogue a few years Lauren ago. Lauren Duca. No, it wasn't Lauren Duca. She almost walked out. Um, and <laughs> you locked the door. She so was talking. She, ta- she, she was talking. <laughs> somehow the subject of rape was being discussed, and she said that um, rape is about power. It's not about sex. Well, that's that's She didn't invent that idea. So I said something that I apparently was not supposed to say. And I said, I mean, we know that's true, right? Uh, uh, well, just let me. I said to her, How do we know that rape is about power and not about sex? Because when, for instance, somebody robs somebody, we don't say it was about power and not about money. So, uh, I'm like, These are these platitudes. They don't mean anything. But isn't sex and that power mean so something, though? So well, I mean, it's stripped of meaning, though. It could mean something. Erica brought up a good point. Yeah. Sex and power intimately intertwined. No, no, power no, no, makes no. turns people on sexually. No, That's no, no. why no, I no. thought Cosby was into what he was into, because he was into the power of the sex. Okay, but, but I, I, I think maybe we're missing my point. Oh. My point is that they repeat, <laughs> the, they repeat this stuff without any kind of... This, there's not like a study that proved this or whatever. It becomes it becomes the party line. And then when you ask, like, well, how do you know that? She she accused me of normalizing rape. That was her answer. You're normalizing. I'm like, do you think that I'm like I'm, I'm less offended yeah, they, by they rape right, for power right than that. rape for sex? Like, like rape is <laughs> like I, I'm I'm, ag- I'm anti-rape. But see, that's a situation where Gonna I feel like it's just because you're a man, you any opinion on rape is. Well, there's, again, there's no nuance. That's like saying, yeah. oh, I think we should have some sort of immigration policy. Oh, you want babies in cages. Yeah, like, exactly, it goes right exactly. to that. Like, and that's, I mean, as a man, function. I understand the, the o- being overcome with lust. And, yeah, I could see if I was some kind of sociopath, I'd be like, well, I'm just going to take what I want. Uh, that wouldn't be about power. That would be about taking sex. Now, maybe some guys do it for well, power. Well, I mean, harass- I know. you know, sexual harassment in an office situation is almost always about power. The person who's doing it has more power. If you have, no, it's using less, power to get you, sex. Have, well, or just you know, you're using power to make you know, you know, the person's not going to complain. Their job is at risk. You know, but, th- this is all very dynamic. But as like, Erica pointed out, power in and of itself is is a, is sexual. It's a turn on. Yeah, no, that's what that's, I was thinking. Well, the two are yeah, the that's same. why this is so complicated. And, and women and, use sex for power well, too. Yes, and the, whoa, nobody. Whoa. Has more power than a young oh, woman. Say, Nobody has more power. That. I mean, like, look, you can, you, you know, young women day, have so sir. much yeah, power. A, I just ruined my career and, over that. You know, entire look, you know, entire nations have have fallen. I mean, Bill Clinton, you know, for what for five seconds of of you know interaction with this twenty year old, you know, we, we came to collapse practically. Like, you know, this is historic. Look, again, this is why nuance is so important and being able to have free-ranging conversations is so important because none of this is reducible to, like, a platitude or a tweet or, uh, you know, a sick burn uh, online. Like, we have a sick burn is like, oh, do you know what that is probably? Like, it's like... It's like a mean something. Yeah, like if somebody, like, I owned you. Like, you know, I... I, uh, sick burn. Sick burn, right. So... You know, and and I do like I think a lot, and I talk a lot in the book about like how this came to be. I think we used to just have room in the culture for 
free-ranging conversations in person, even on the phone, you know? And I think that, again, this is where the generational thing comes in, and I don't want to, like, hit this too hard. Obviously, we're all living in this, you know, digital world now, but, you know, there are, I have students who, you know, conduct really most of their relationships, like, via text and on a screen, and they're having, like, you know, big discussions, I guess, like, with their thumbs. And these are people in their mid-20s. There's not high school students. And so I think that that blunts uh, discussion in a way that, you know, those of us who are older, we, we really have this great gift of being able to just talk to our friends and kind of sort things through and, and in a safe space. Like we could sit here and have, you know, a really long, complicated conversation about sex and power and rape and any of these situations in, in a much more constructive way than is available now. I, again, I like really I thought I said, yeah, it is true because, because it used to be, I'm older than you, but kind of coming from the same time, we weren't about policing other people. We, we grew up when the Nazis were marking, marching in Skokie and, and uh, you know, Feraldo well, Rivera would have KKK members on. And the people policing other people were like, you know, Jesse Helms. It was, it was like Tipper Gore with That's the right. labels on the, on the but, heavy metal records. But even like talk shows, a, a grand dragon of the, of the KKK was an acceptable guest on a talk show. And we would learn. Really? Absolutely. Uh, Did you have like deep cable? What do you what, what no, talk show? No, no, no. There were like uh, all the talk shows. All those Donahue. Would oh, oh, I see. They would bring them. In. Yes, uh, not uh, not on like the Dick Cavett show or well, something. Dick Cavett had, had Lester had, Maddox on. Okay, uh, that's of course. Yeah, and and and, and which I talk about in the book. Not exactly. having him on to uh, because he supported him. Had on so we could to learn. mock him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but not to mock him to to speak. Like, what the hell's going on with this guy? Like, like we need to learn about these people. I would love to be able to have on my show Holocaust deniers. You know, the worst people in the world I would like to speak to them but apparently only journalists from time to time like Megyn Kelly maybe can go interview Ahmadinejad you know she can get away with it but for the rest of us not anymore maybe not anymore but you know I'm saying like like you you can interview and 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 it I mean they so pick and choose like look at what's going on in China right a million people in concentration camps why are we not embargoing like why why are these millennials ever touching another iphone like where is their consistency right i mean we, no you're right about we're, that we're so critical of the countries that let it happen to the jews and we're smack dab maybe they're not exterminating the 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 uyghurs but i'm sure many of them are being killed oh there is obscene torture i mean what's going on there is horrific beyond measure yeah no i, I just want to be accurate that, that i don't know if they're exterminating them like they did to the jews but it's it's bad enough certainly to um, for us to say to ourselves, wait a second, are we kind of looking the other way yet again? But a hundred percent. But but BDS has kept the, the Israelis. This, but then does this go to the whole like uh, we don't want to you know impose our values on other cultures? Like you know there's you know there's there are feminists, there are young feminists on college campuses that don't want to talk about things like female genital mutilation because that would be judgmental of another culture. Like that's that gets insane. into that's Islamophobia. Insane. That gets into Islamophobia. So, you know, that it's it's just remarkable. What um, has gotten into these people? Well, I I don't know, but I but this is the thing that I wrestle with. And again, like the book, it's not I'm not just hammering away. It's not a polemic. It's a self-interrogation. Like I set out to try to figure out what was it about me being of a certain age, growing up in the 70s and the 80s, you know, having the sort of cultural conditioning that I did. What is it about me that is making me not understand uh, a lot of the discourse now and a lot of the, the values now? And I think that it, it just comes from, 
I, I think social media is, is very much to blame. Yeah, but I mean, I think okay, that so you nailed it so with that. I think that that's really, t it, you're not really having a conversation with a person. Well, what we don't know, and, I, and you probably will agree that you don't know, is how much of this is an illusion and how much of it is real. Right. For instance, we talked that um, it, it was a, a poll that came out among Hispanics, then fewer than 2% <laughs> want to be called Latinx. Latinx. Fewer than 2%. <laughs> as if, like, as if, like well, we're don't Jews. Don't tell the New York Times. Right. So, so what you have is all, every presidential candidate using this term right. mm -hmm. not to please Latin people, to please these young white millennials on Twitter. I think they wanted Twitter. to be called yes. Hispanic. I, th I, think, yes. like, I think that they, well, according to that poll, and that was a poll done by a left-leaning uh, yeah. uh, organization. Yeah, did you see Elizabeth Warren tweeted that um, trans and non-binary people are the backbone of the Democratic Party? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, wow. By the way, you did, you did forgive me. I, I mean, for, forgive me for what I'm going to say. I thought you did buckle a little bit on one of your opinions. Is it okay for me to Please. say? Please. Only one? I, I, uh, <laughs> Kavanaugh. Oh. And I don't blame you because it, it was really scary to not say that Kavanaugh was the worst piece of shit on planet Earth for a while there. Like, even I was kind of intimidated on, on, on the show. But you said at some point, well, but I think he doesn't have the temperament to be uh, Supreme Court justice anyway. And I... I really don't like that argument. Oh, really? I, I, I'll tell you why. And they said, because... Oh, I like that argument. Yeah, as, I'm as, so with that Let me argument. tell you why. Especially now, since we found out that, uh, what was it, Leland Kaiser... Uh, 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 Leland Black, Kaiser, yeah. Leland Kaiser... Oh, I say Megum, so... Leland Kaiser um, <laughs> said that she was pressured to change her story. Well, and Debbie she, Ramirez was as well, yes. And, and that she doesn't believe... That she's skeptical of, the story, uh, of her story. And, that, and that's her close friend. So... Now that we know that, when you are accused in front of the entire world of being a gang rapist and, and within a, a whisker of literally even your children will never recover from this and you have some sort of meltdown in the face of this, what's pretty clear to be absolute lie, especially with Avenatti and all of it, I can forgive that. And let me give an example. Yitzhak Rabin, who was the Prime Minister of, of Israel, he had a nervous breakdown during the 67 war. And this was a, and he was a head. That was a war. Are you comparing no, but, but those I'm, things for real? Yes, I'm saying that, that, that their temperament, being able to handle pressure, was actually an important function of doing his job. He's going to lead the country. And even that was forgivable. A Supreme Court justice is not going into war like the, 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 uh, the judgmental quality that people are ready to to not put themselves in another person's shoes and just say, you know what i could be have my life just totally ruined not just on a lie but in a lie that actually makes me look like the worst piece of shit well, a, humanity a, 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 a couple and, and if i there. get angry out loud if i just kind of lose my shit when we're, that's it now, now it doesn't even matter where you told the truth and now it doesn't even matter to us anymore whether or not this is all a lie even if it, even if we find out that it's all a lie you still can't be a supreme court justice because you lost your temper well okay but just that's just, just to be precise here yeah. the the gang rape like the train you know the rape trains or whatever yeah. that was coming from Julie Swetnick Alvinati's client and that was dismissed immediately that no, was not the on the they asked, that was, some of the senators asked him about it but that i that was not at issue i think yes, that it was, was it was absolutely it was an issue for a time it was an issue for a time, and then it was dismissed. I think the main... Here, After, look, but it was, during the hearings, it was still not yet been dismissed. This is the thing. I mean, people have asked me, uh, you, know, my, you know, sort of polite literary company uh, has, you know, they've asked me, should, do I think that um, 
that, that there was evidence what if they ask me? You know, I, I do not think that... Uh, it's scary to talk I about. I do not... Well, no, I mean, I'm trying to articulate this correctly. I do not think that um, it, it would have risen to any evidentiary standard to accuse, to, to convict him, uh, either in a court or in that in that hearing situation, of, of assaulting Christine Blasey Ford. I mean, I believe her, but I don't believe there was enough evidence. Right. So there was no. Um, you do I, believe I, her. I, I do believe her, but I don't believe it's like you know you can you can watch a criminal trial and believe that the person is guilty, but that there's not enough evidence to convict them. That happens all the time. I believe her too. Yeah, I believe her too. But at the same time, but I also but the thing with the temperament, I just don't understand. There are so many conservative judges out there they could have brought in. Like what you know, there's no dearth of them. Why why him? I could forgive a nervous breakdown, but he sounded like I mean are you gonna look me in the eye. I wonder if you gonna look me actually you gonna look me in the eye and tell me he didn't sound like a complete and utter buffoon and moron. One can have a breakdown in a more dignified way. Look at Braveheart. Look, you know, I think that and you can't uh, compare yeah. that to the '67 war. Uh, I mean, come on. All right, on. forget the '67 no, I th I war. I think you're missing my point. I think <laughs> what I'm saying is that that uh, I'm not going to. I think it's self-explanatory. But he didn't sound like a complete dope dope to you. But why, no, he didn't sound like a complete dope. He sounded to me like somebody who lost his shit because he's being accused of being a rapist, and he well, lose your shit in a dignified way. Okay, but how does but that he, look? So, how does losing your shit in a dignified... This is an outrage! Well, and I dare I mean, say I shan't stand for it! <laughs> Let me tell There's you something. No, if, that, if, that would if, be more a, if there were a black senator... Well, if Clarence Thomas, or, we have a very right. similar thing. But who was accused of, like, uh, some racist accusation, ra raping a white woman, whatever it was. And it was, and, and let's presume it was all. And he fucking lost his shit. We would call it righteous indignation. Well, we would. Then no one's going to criticize. No one would ever say it doesn't matter whether that black guy actually did it. He doesn't have the temperament anymore. The way he re the way he reacted to those false charges of him raping that white woman. Now we don't even care whether he raped her or not. He can't be a justice. No effing way anybody would say that. No way. That's why. I, no way. So that's that's how I feel about it. I feel and like that might be a little that, beside that, the that, point. That might uh, that might be true. That and, might be and, true. And, I still say he sounded. He did not sound like a particularly dignified individual. E even even given the pressure that he was under and the possibility, not necessarily probability, but possibility that he was being falsely And for accused. the record, I always did believe her, but now that the people closest to her don't believe her, I think it's becoming just an act of faith to believe her. Like, how can you believe her when her closest childhood friends don't? Like, that's just... Right. I, I have, doesn't make I have sense no reason anymore. not to believe... I mean... Erica, you say what yeah. about... about uh, I always did about, believe her. About uh, Christine Blasey Ford, the uh, Kavanaugh accuser. Yeah, I mean, I, I believed her, but I also, I agree with what you're all saying. I, I think if somebody is in a position where they're trying to defend their honor, their job, their family, their life, they are going to lose it a little. Like, that's what I believe, that they're going to they're gonna break down a little. Like you, I, Yes, I perfectly agree. But as I said uh, numerous times during this podcast, he, in, in breaking down, he just sounded like a Dope. Okay, but this is what this is what you'd have now, to believe. Now, now maybe you'd have to believe the following: that if Blasey Ford came into the Senate chamber and said, "You know what? I admit it. I made the whole thing up," that the Democrats would then say, "Okay, we still we still won't vote for him because we don't like his temperament, because we don't like the way he reacted to the fact that we now." And they, that they, doesn't they, hold they together would, to me. They would try that. No, I'm yeah. shocked that he was he was nominated in the first well, place. Exactly. There's nobody more, more dignified. He was a highly, highly, highly... I think and, 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 and is actually a champion of women. I mean, yes. I have friends who've worked with him who, who really respect him. It's hard to believe him. this guy is any good. 
I haven't read his opinions. But, I, but, but it's I hard to believe they're not you like. You can't judge his whole his whole livelihood based on his reaction to being accused and possibly falsely accused of something. Right. Also, like he's any he's doing what any conservative judge would do. Like this goes to the Trump thing. Like we we are in this mentality where like we're in such an emergency because of Trump that everything is just like ratcheted up. Like the hyperbole around this. You know, the, if, you know George W. Bush could have nominated Brett Kavanaugh. Like, the, you know, he's a conservative judge. The, the justice or the well, nominee was coming. The, the nominee that was going to come up right behind but, him was, was uh, uh, Amy Barrett. Uh, I can't remember Right. Her name. Uh, uh, that's right. Yeah. She <laughs> was a real right wing anti-abortion. She's, like, she's got like six kids or something, which yeah. I find fascinating. Well, she <laughs> would have been a vote to, ro- to overturn Roe versus right. Wade. He probably isn't. Look, this just, is- to, just to summarize, no one believes his righteous indignation was <laughs> justified if he was f- being falsely accused. I, I believe that too, but that feel he sounded like a moron. Okay. Nonetheless, like if you're in a yeah, I mean, you got to be an exceptional person and, and keep it together. He shouldn't have said the beer line. The beer line. Like like was a guy's a prime minister worst. of a country at wartime. I, he said, I, I do, don't like beer. Or I mean, something. don't you think? I like, that, he he yeah, like an idiot. Yeah, I like beer. That was. Do, do you the, understand the the microscope? Like, do, do you think any if you were in that situation and you're just being pelted with lies left and right? I'm presuming they're lies, you know, for the sake of argument. Uh, you couldn't survive that. You'd say something wrong. They focus in on something. My argument about the whole thing. I'd either be screaming like a maniac. Hold on. And saying, "What yeah. the fuck is this? I didn't fucking rape her." And he, he, which he didn't do. <laughs> I would have forgiven. By the way, if he had done that, I would have been more on board. Uh, so my but, you know. my feeling during the whole thing was not that I didn't believe her. It was that I didn't see how liberals of all people are going to hold something that a 16-year-old shit-faced kid. Does well, that doesn't even amount to a crime? I think he was crime. in a blackout. Also, uh, yeah, that's no, a whole other thing. Hold but, it against yeah. him thirty-five no, I think years ne- later. I, mean, I think like, we need to set some ground rules. That's like, not what how is liberals the, usually yeah, think. Like, this is this is ultimately what I think what it comes down yeah. to. I remember we, every party I was at in high school, but and who the dungeon master was. <laughs> <laughs> the, the first thing I looked up when that when that story broke was how does the law do treat sealing <laughs> these records? Well, and also then they start going after all these other women. I mean, Ronan Farrow. This is what I think. Actually, we have Woody Allen to thank for the entire Me Too movement because if Ronan Farrow wasn't so obsessed with avenging his mother in <laughs> operatic fashion by going after <laughs> these accusers as a journalist we would have none of we this. We kind of have Frank Sinatra to I, thank well, too. Well, exactly. And Hannibal <laughs> Burris. I, and I, this is, yeah, Hannibal. I mean, yeah, I, Hannibal. and I actually, you know, and I think that, um, I think that, well, I, I think that Say Dylan was not. I think that Dylan believes she was molested, and I think Mia Farrow has decided this. But uh, I th- and I think Ronan knows deep down that it's not true, and that's why do you he's believe going Ronan wow. is? Do that's you believe my, Ronan? That's my theory. Do you believe Ronan is 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 Frank Sinatra's uh, child? Yes. You do. It looks just like him. Well, I mean, he looks like unless uh, Woody just has a complete recessive genes. He looks yeah. like Mia's father. Though. Have you he heard does. him sing "My Way"? No, I haven't. Also, very you convincing. know that Mia Farrow's brother is in prison for um, for pedophilia, for child molestation. You know that, right? I didn't know that. That's true. What do you think of Erica? She's a millennial. I handpicked her, by the way, for this show. <laughs> what do you think of the fact that she seems more in line with your way of thinking on feminism than with what you have described I, as the millennial line? It collapses line. my whole premise, my whole theory. <laughs> I so like I, collapsing I premises. No, but I like the, the, re- the paperback is going to have to be rewritten. Yeah, look, I, look, I don't want to, you know, write these books. You've got to talk sort of in, in broad strokes. I do think that um, 
that it is, you know, I, I think the fact that you are a comedian and a creative person and like, I, I, you don't strike me as somebody who like went to, you know, Oberlin College. No, and, I and dropped out of college okay, twice. That's probably why. Honest, honestly, honestly, because the liberal arts colleges have really signed up for this uh, intersectional theory. I mean, the, you know, everything that Nicole Hannah-Jones is uh, putting forth is is absolutely the doctrine at a lot of these colleges, and so that's why you get people working in newsrooms, and you know, there's there are major generational divides in newsrooms, and you get young people working on the website that completely subscribe to this stuff, and then the older people on the other side, and no, that's I think that yeah, you not going to college saved you, so yeah, this I think is, should so be the too. lesson. Also, here. she is. Uh, suffers from manic depressive uh, illness. I, that's not actually accurate. But, well, it'd be but more it interesting might be if you something did. if you Google. Oh, me. that's that's what I found on <laughs> that's what I found online. You no, say, I, well, I was I was sort of misdiagnosed with bipolar at one point, but I was I've also been diagnosed with ADHD, depression. Basically, uh, my theory along the lines of this also goes along the lines of psychiatry, which is I think if you go to someone, if you want a disorder, you can get a disorder. You can go and get one. Oh, that's true. You can go pick up one. You don't trust psychiatry. No. I don't either. Are you no. a Scientologist? No, no. I'm just. Uh, I'm. Yeah. No. My so own you, thing. You, you don't see yourself I'm, as as, men as mentally ill. I get to, no. I I think I suffer from. I actually do think I do have a lot of aspects of ADHD that sound familiar. If that's a thing. But that's not mental illness. It might just be creativity. You know, your brain does, isn't wired the same way. And then, um, I do get depressed. I do, I, I, but I don't believe in the diagnoses. I've, I've, I, every person is an expert at that diag. So the bipolar person's an expert at bipolar. So, ooh, lo and behold, you have bipolar. So you wanna, yes, you want to stay in your well, lane. Well, do you have yeah. a, ever yeah. get depression to the point that you simply can't get out of bed for days yes. on end? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had that. Well, then that sounds <laughs> to me, unless there was something going on in your life that was extremely. No, I, de I definitely think depression is probably the main thing. I would say yeah. so, yes. Yeah. If that's Thank you, indeed. Dr. Natterman. I self-diagnosed myself with depression. Uh, so, uh, so and, and, then, and therefore you related to Gary's show, I guess. Yeah, yeah. No, I loved that. it. Yeah, it was really honest, and yeah, I, I liked that. How adorable, by the way, is Erica Rhodes. Um, I hope that's not inappropriate <laughs> to say. Sexual harassment. <laughs> and she, she reminds me of Maria Bamford, as I, as I mentioned. And, you get that uh, a lot? I do. You feel that that is uh, well. Like, what do you? How do you feel when people say that? Make that comparison. Um, well, it's funny because I was the first person to say it, and that's okay. how I got oh, my so you manager stole her line. Well, that's actually you plagiarized her. Yes. Which that's, wait, her line? No, no. You you oh, just he, said you. So oh, you're yeah. the one who said that. But I. But well, no, but I didn't since, hear her say. It. Okay. No, no, I said it first to my manager. I wrote him an email and I said, "I'm a young Maria Bamford," and that was before I even started stand up. So then I so then he signed me later on, but he was like, I don't see it. But then since I've said it, everyone says it. I mean, now. it's a great comparison. It's a great yeah. person to be like. No, I love so. her. I've always loved her, yeah. and I think our acts are different enough that it's not like I'm trying to be her. You know, we just have similarities. <laughs> well, it's the it's the accent, I guess. I I love people so much. I I love you so much. I love my family so much. I love my my niece and nephews. I say that I love them, but is that what I say when once a year I FedEx them a box of wigs? Does that really make up for the fact that I never make eye contact and I'm still not clear on their names? It's her voice and that. sort of She sounds a little bit like Joe Mackey, too, though. There's a slight Mackey-esque quality. Yeah, it's not overwhelming, but... Uh, Me Megan, let me ask you, just before we go, so you're, a, you're an intellectual. 
I want you. I want you. To, I, I'm a semi-intellectual. Are you a mom too, by the way? No, and I've actually written a lot about this. I do not. Uh, I, I think most people should have kids, but I never wanted them. Okay. I, I, I've written. A, I've done. I've done, done oh, a whole that's project interesting. on this. Wow. I'm into. Uh, yeah, it's it's fine for others. I love not having kids. Not having kids is the best thing in my life. So <laughs> I, I, I have three kids. And um, no, they, loves it. My, my daughter, just as, like to really encapsulate it, my daughter in first grade came home. My wife is uh, Indian. So my daughter comes home and says, Dad, and she had never even had any concept of college. She says, Daddy, you're, you're white, right? I'm like, yeah. And she goes, do you treat people badly? I'm like, oh. no, honey. I don't. What? Did you ever see Daddy treating me badly? She says, well, I, I, did you used to? Because we learned in school that white people used to treat people badly. So they're... They're, they're getting this stuff, you know, and then... Oh, the 1619 uh, Project has been adopted by public schools now. Like, that is becoming an educational and this is bef- framework. Before yeah. that. And then she, then, then my daughter comes home <laughs> a couple of days ago. She goes, Daddy, did you know that Donald Trump is building a wall and trying to make the Mexicans pay for it? I'm like, well, who's telling you about this? My teacher told us we need to know this stuff. And, and just, like, filling her with all these... This, um, well, that's not. Well, that was something he did say. I mean, you know. Really, you think that 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 the, do you have any doubt in your mind what the teacher's point of view was about this? I grant fact? you. Well, I she, grant she, you that. She's, she's trying I grant to, you that. But it's not that she's fabricating that. But I do agree that she probably is is trying to inculcate. She's not fabricating that white people used to treat no, she's people fabric- badly. What yeah, she's doing is, is telling telling a little young girl who well, still she, believes in Santa Claus that she's supposed to understand concepts. She has no way... You should pull your kids out and send them to Covington Catholic. Well, that, that's Covington <laughs> Catholic High School. So this is my question. So I grew up during the civil rights era. I remember Martin Luther King. I li- remember vividly when he was shot. I remember the marches through the streets. I remember well, she seeing- is wrong, by the way, about white people used to... I mean, in, insofar as she d- that didn't say people treat each other badly. By singling out white people, she was wrong. She was not wrong about Trump wanting to build a wall. No, she was right. White people used well, to treat black yeah, people badly. They still treat black people. Yeah, but, but by saying white people used to treat people badly is, is, is a lie by omission. People have been treating each other badly no, no, she was trying for to centuries. Uh, of not, all races, was, colors, and creeds. These, these are different categories right. of... Um, she's trying of, to... She's if trying white to people were the only people in history that did that, she might have a point. They're trying to impose a certain world view onto my daughter. Now, I'm a very political guy. I never discuss politics at home because I understand how powerful my words can be to her. And I want her to think for herself. So I don't want to start brainwashing her. However... You brainwash me. What's the me? point of having kids? Well, however, I, I became so nervous about this... this trickle-down intersectionality that I decided I wanted to... I, I do want to brainwash them about race and, and the evil of racism. So this is my question. Is it okay to read them Tom Sawyer? Is it okay to read them To Kill a Mockingbird? Is it okay to say Negro and, and the N-word when it's written in the book to my child? This is not really Megan's... Field. I'm asking what she well, thinks I mean, because you this know is... what I'm going to say. I mean, we can't. We have to trust ourselves uh, and the people around us to walk and chew gum at the same time. I mean, my gosh, what's what's the point of of, of being any sort of like modern and enlightened culture? Are we not an enlightened culture? I, I just think we're we're really selling everybody short. I mean, this stuff is is complicated, and and to assume that that somebody is not able to read Tom Sawyer 
and, and see the different components and see what's going on and put it in some sort of historical context. Either the teacher is falling down on the job or, or you know, this school system is, is lazy. I mean, this stuff is like... Let's face it, though. Some people should be sold short. I mean, there's so many... I'll tell you one thing I've learned from Twitter. People are dumb. Well, but again, it's like the, it's, it's like the soft bigotry of low oh, well, expectations, right? Yeah. And sometimes I, justified. Yeah, but you know, here's the thing. You remember, um, remember Avenue Q, the musical? Do you remember this from like the early aughts? It yeah. was it was like a Muppet musical. It was a it was a parody of Sesame Street. It won all these Tonys. It was a big hit. Okay, it was puppets. It was on Broadway, and there it, there was a song called "Everybody's a Little Bit Racist," and they were talking just about how like. This is how it is. Like, you know, we, why don't we all just admit we're racist? Like, you know, different races are racist against each other. And it's not, you know, white people and black people and Asians. And this is all just a big mix. And we make judgments about people based on all sorts of things. And maybe it would help if we just admitted it and and worked on it and went from there. And it's astonishing to me that a, a musical with a song like that won like three Tonys in 2003, which is not that long ago. And this kind of dialogue with un Unthinkable. Yeah. Unthinkable. Well, and, and, and just as a happy thing, so I am reading To Kill a Mockingbird to my seven-year-old daughter, my six-year-old son. And it's very interesting. Exactly what I thought would happen is happening, especially to my son. He, is, he just cannot believe the heartbreaking and uh, kind of um, outrageous descriptions of the way black people were treated in the old south and he has one question after daddy why but why did they take why didn't they take white people as slaves and how and how could they do that and there's and there's a trial scene that hasn't even started yet he goes but i don't i don't know daddy because the jury he says the jury's going to be all white people from that town and they're going to they're going to convict him they're going to say that he's guilty even if he's innocent so he's like in so by reading him the story he's I'm not. I'm not ramming it down his own. He's reacting to this in a very, very healthy way, and I believe that's a much better way for him to learn. Like he's really feeling the evil of racism in a sense. He's not learning that white people are bad. That's not. Yeah, he's he's dealing with complexity. Yeah. I mean, again, I think it's like to. But he's to, an extraordinary well, kid. It, by no, the no, to he's deny not. People. Oh, <laughs> but like every anything that is true is complicated and anybody who is a human being is complicated and it's like to deny people their complexities is to deny them their humanity yes. right but we yeah. seem to have this premise now that you're erasing somebody's humanity if you're not you know slicing them into this tiny little identity category it's it's backwards you know we're, I, we're all many things so i again i want you know we've been joking around i, I just feel like you know i i don't dismiss any of this i think me too is a net positive I think I think that you know we're moving in the right direction as a civilization generally. I think we're in a very strange moment, but we have to just allow ourselves and other people to sit in in conflict. No, we're like, not moving in know. the right direction. In one, in one, well, I think you'll agree with me. Okay, we're not moving in the right direction because we know we're no longer intending to move in a direction of judging people by the content of well, their character. Well, I mean, I mean, We've we're moving in the right that. direction. You know, in like a hundreds, you know, over the last couple hundred years. I think the last. Yes. Five years have we been moving in the wrong We've direction. We've kind of yeah. turned almost in the opposite direction. Yeah, and we're using Trump as an excuse, right? Like, you know, this started happening before Trump, yes. by the way. He's a result of this. He's not the cause. But, you know, we're using, we're saying, oh, we're in such a state of emergency that we can't have any sort of discussion that, oh, yeah, that is I, complicated I, I, and might be used by the other side. So we're just going to shut down conversation. I just want to uh, jump in because Erica has to go, and I want to give her a proper 
outro. Oh, thank, thank you. Thank you so much for coming. Thanks so much for and having me. And being a new member of the Comedy Cellar family, oh, she yeah. has to perform at another club right now, but she'll be oh, back to perform here. Yes. Tonight? I'll be I back tonight. I want to see you perform. Oh, good. Come she'll, yeah. she'll be back What time? Not here. at like one in the morning or something. I think it's 10.45. Oh, yeah. That's the same as oh. one Okay. You don't we'll have see. kids. I know. But you have a bedtime? Well, and, it, and it, I, I sleep all the time because I don't have kids. I know, see? me too. I love naps. Do, do, do you think we shut down conversations because... For so anyway, okay, Erica yeah, Rhodes, we thank you. Have a good set. Nice to meet you. You're, you're a credit gonna, to your generation. Oh, thank you. I'll tell my mom. I'm, I'm going to read your books. I, I'm really interested. Thank you. D- don't you think... Erica Rhodes, ladies and gentlemen... I never mind. Why, why? We can't give a guest that, that did our show a proper outro? <laughs> Don't you think that most of the times conversations are shut down when, uh, as a way... When you're nervous that you don't have an answer, like like. But we don't have the answer. Why don't Why don't we just say we don't have the answer? Why can't we ask questions? Right, but I'm saying the people who who refuse to to let you ask the questions doesn't it say in some way that they're nervous they haven't got good answers for you? Like why would you shut Why would you right. shut down a conversation when it's just a fastball over the plate and you're just gonna come back with the devastating answer? Because I answer? think people are uncomfortable with uncertainty. I think that's something that's really changed a lot. It, you know, you're either on one side or the other, and if any sort of middle middle point, you know, skepticism gets equated with harm. Asking questions means you're skeptical, and then that leads to uh, somehow being not inclusive. And it's really that should not be the continuum. For instance, there was a study that came out recently, which I didn't read it, so I might be getting it wrong, but which which made the uh, the provenance of um, homosexuality. Uh, less clear to something you're born with than something that, that I had thought. Yeah, this is changing a lot, especially right. around the trans conversation. So now, let's say the study had come out and, and was like, in, in as clear as could be shown, it's like, we found the gene, it is clearly something you're born with. And then I wanted to discuss the fact, let's say somebody went, let's have a conversation. I don't think uh, homosexual is something you're born with. Nobody would shut down that conversation and be like, oh, really? Well, did you see this new study that came out? Like, they would come back with that. They only shut down the conversation. They're going to shut it down now Now, because the science has all of a sudden become a little murky. So, oh, no, you can't talk about that. What are you, gay bashing? Well, and gay rights was premised on the idea that... right. Born that way, right? right. So, 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 immutable so they characteristics. Have, so you have to yes. set the landmines. You have to right. circle the wagons because maybe what you your answers are not as clear cut as you thought they would be. But if the answers really were clear, if you could really say, well, no, two plus two equals four, and I'll show you, then you wouldn't shut. You wouldn't get angry at somebody for asking. I think two plus two equals five, and I and I think that um, that's what we're seeing everywhere. You could probably judge the reliability of a particular point by um, how much you see people reacting emotionally trying to avoid talking about it. I mean, that's, that shows they're, on, they're on, on quicksand. Okay, Dan had one good question here. I the did. Irishman. Oh, did the you Irishman. see it? No. Okay. It's really long, Good night, right? everybody. <laughs> what do you think, <laughs> Dan? Um, it's really long, yeah. Have you seen it? Yes, I've seen I it. I thought it was <clears throat> fine. How I come just, nobody I've asks just... me if I've seen it? Have you, he, have you seen it? I have. Okay, go ahead. But I didn't finish watching it, so don't uh, worry. Oh, you didn't go to the theater? No, I never go I to the theater. I don't ever go to the theater. Can you watch it? Do you have a screener or something? Ne- Netflix, Netflix. Oh, it's on Netflix. Yeah, I'm a, so out of it. Oh, I, okay. I don't like going to the movies. No, I haven't been to the movies in, like, years. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I used to go to the movies when I went to the movies all the time when I had a roommate because I was trying to avoid them. Um... Not because I disliked him necessarily, but you just when you have a roommate, you just want you, you don't want to see your roommate oftentimes. What'd you think of the Irishman? And I would go to movies all the time. Now I don't have a roommate, I never go to the movies. As far as the Irishman is concerned, 
My feeling is as follows. It was fine, but I think I'm over. You know, there was a kind of a point where they just stopped having Vietnam War movies. It just all of a sudden, America decided it was over Vietnam War movies, and they were just there were no more of them. I feel that way about gangster movies. I'm over them. I, I, I've had enough, and I've certainly had enough with Pesci and De Niro being gangsters. So I'm just and and it, you know, it's like I we, we've seen it, we've seen that done better. That's uh, right. You know, but it was fine. That's what you said, too. We've seen that done better. You said, I agree. Yeah, this is how I see. Steve saw it. He really liked it. That's why I watched it. But I thought that it was, there were no classic scenes. We've seen De Niro's. Pesci was fantastic. Well, Pesci had an advantage. The the advantage Pesci had was that he was playing a character different than we'd ever seen him play before. Right, that was interesting. But De Niro was playing basically the the same De Niro character with a little bit of a stutter, and uh, uh, Pacino was playing Scent of a Woman Guy, you know, in another thing. Hoo-ah! Hoo-ah! Ray Romano was great. And Ray Romano was great, but he had a very small part. And uh, he was great. Substantial. So, but the, uh, so, you know, yeah, you've seen it before, and on top of that, it just wasn't that great. And Jim Norton was great. Jim Norton was great. But Dan, here's the thing. It's the last, this is the last hurrah. I mean, how many more movies are are those two going to make together? So, this is our chance to, you know, it's kind of a farewell almost. It's like it's like it's like a recent Stevie Wonder album. I mean, it's only gonna be so bad. It's Stevie Wonder, right? I mean, it's still it's right. still, but it's still it's, it's not it's, it's like doesn't compare sex. to his to the old Stevie Wonder. That's what I say about it. Okay, anything else? We're, we're, and also, they didn't they kind of imply that uh, Kennedy was uh, done in by the by the mob? Yes, they implied it. Sure, they did. They said so. <laughs> they uh, clearly... So you know, I have a problem with that because I don't believe that theory. No, nor do no, I've been reading about it. Nor, nor is it uh, very believable that. Um, What's his name? Sharon. Sharon actually killed uh, Jimmy Hoffa. Wait, I have a question for Megan. Go ahead. Did Epstein kill himself? Yeah, I think so. Interesting. People are not that organized. Interesting. Conspiracy theorists give people way too much credit for why does organization. it have to be? Does it, ha- it, does it have to be a conspiracy theory though? If he didn't, if he well, was if he killed, was murdered, like, a lot is of that by definition? You have to like sneak action- somebody into a maximum security prison and sneak them out again. With a weapon, and they're gonna have to kill some or whatever. I mean, they kill that could have been. They work from the inside. They get, they pay somebody. Thank you. But it's a conspiracy. But it's a conspiracy. Yes. First of all, Cl- who gave the order? Was Clinton gave the order? So Wait. he's in on it. Ronan. Uh, Ronan you know, Farrell gave uh, the order. Yeah. The, the, the 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 hitman is in on it. The guards that look the other way are in on it. The coroner would have to be in on it for saying that it was suicide. So many people are in on it. That he had so much money. Why didn't he just wait it out and see what happened in trial? Well, because I think he knew it was going to happen yeah, at trial. He, he, and he, he didn't feel like of, being in jail. Look, I have days where I don't want to go on, and I'm not being accused of he such He saved things. a lot of people. He, he has a lot of, he died with a lot of, lot of uh, dirt on people. So it was his final. Uh, maybe he did, maybe he didn't. That's what I they say, so. say. But but I don't think he, uh, I don't think he was I know, it. I'm curious. But, well, okay. uh, but 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 Pariel believes in a lot of conspiracy theories. I do not believe in a lot of conspiracy. <laughs> do, you belie- do you believe that the cure for cancer is, is being uh, avoided because big pharma makes too much money? Treat- no. Okay. But- do you believe that AIDS was uh, invented by Jewish doctors to uh, infiltrate the, the Ob- black community? Uh, that one's a tr- that one's true. <laughs> All right. Um, but I do. I am very uh, skeptical as to whether. Do you believe that Paul McCartney's dead? <laughs> I do think Tupac might still be alive. Um, Michael Jackson. You, uh, I'm uh, kidding. Okay, Megan Dom, uh, 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 we, you were a terrific guest. I hope that we lived up. I know you're used to. No, you, I love this. You're Thank used you. to smarter people interviewing. No, you guys no, are. no, no. You always say that, or you always imply that. And the fact is, I've listened to a lot of interviewers, whether it be Ben Shapiro, whether it be um, Sam Harris, 
uh, whether Sam it be, Harris is good. Whether it be others, I, 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 you do have a tendency to repeat the same points week after week. But given that you, uh, I, the, you, I've said I would things put, here I have not, never said. And I, I can would, tell you that. Uh, Noam, we have to cut probably them out. for good reason. <laughs> I, think, I think Noam's logic is as good as the the people that I just mentioned. Oh, thank you, Dan. Uh, Ben Shapiro. A lot of shit Ben Shapiro says. I think is our, well, he's our, a religious our, fanatic. What do you want? Our imbecilic. Not imbecilic. He's just a religious. He's or, a religious. I, I have never. I can. I cannot stand him. And I've never little, listened to him. Yeah. I just. Well, he's got a kind of Weasley. You don't quality. like Jordan Peterson either, right? Oh um, no, I don't dislike him. Don't I've dislike written him. a lot about Jordan Peterson, but that's a, that's a whole other conversation. Um, I, I there's something. He's very smart. I think he's mis. I think that's there's media malpractice in how he has been um, mistranslated and uh, misrepresented. I don't think he's nearly the boogeyman that he's been made his, out His to Canadian be. accent is off the charts. Yeah, well, it's like nice. It's like he a, must be from the, the, the from the prairies. He must from be the from interior. the just most he's isolated. The What's the accent? Do? Oh, it's like corner very, of, it, of it, it makes Saskatoon. Erica's accent sound like a Brooklyn accent. Yeah. Like it's so mid. It's like Fargo on steroids. But in but Canadian in a Canadian yeah. version of he, it. He's says things from time to time. I'm not that familiar with him, which I'm like, wow, that's really smart. I, I'm not, I don't think he's any kind of idiot. But there's a slightly huckster quality to him. He's getting high on his own supply lately. Yeah, well, he, like, he, well, he, I, I tried to read a little bit of his book one time, and it just reminded me of like a self-help book. And There's a new documentary about him. I actually just wrote a piece about it that's excellent. It's impartial, um, and it really, really captures this media moment and a lot of the stuff we've been talking about in terms of the way he's been misrepresented and also he's just sort of buying into his own you know the, the very things he criticizes other people of doing he's not sort of falling into but we it's an excellent that. it's called the, it's <laughs> called the rise of Jordan Peterson and it's excellent I highly recommend it oh okay that's a good way to end okay thank you very very much for coming we want to stay and see a show hey you can also we also give our guests Parting uh, dinner oh. and oh. drinks, if you would like. I don't know. And a date with Dan Natterman, if you're interested. Oh, how <laughs> many it, drinks is involved in as that? As many as you want, as many as you need um, <laughs> to go on the date. <laughs> we also like to uh, tell our listeners that they can contact us at podcast at comedyseller.com. And they, bless oh. you. And follow us on Instagram at live from the table. Follow. How come you never say that to me? You say things that are so smart, it, su- it just surprises me. Say that again? You never said that to me. That you say things yeah, that are that so you smart? Say, sometimes, Perry, you say things that are so smart. You know, there... you know when you'll get complimented from uh-huh. me? Uh-huh. When you say something which takes me by surprise. Uh-huh. Right now, I know this is not nice to say, or it's just like very <laughs> blunt. Right now, I feel like, rightly or wrongly, mm-hmm. that I don't even need to ask you what you think about anything. I know, I could just, I just know what your opinion is. on what, on. what uh, It's pre- totally predictable. Mm-hmm. And so that's why, and that doesn't mean you're wrong. No, I know yeah, I'm yeah. not wrong. Yeah, so that's why you don't get the credit you deserve because I'll, I'm usually taking one and say, oh, shit, I didn't, you know, oh, good for her. Like, No, she, but know. it's like, oh, she's right. Like, you know, you just... You that's, just... that's my ringtone, by the way. <laughs> oh, she's right? Oh, she's right. <laughs> my... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, uh, good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>